Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated, uh, well, starting your mediated conversation this Wednesday morning. Good morning. Over the last few months, it's become clear that our government is in a complicated position when it comes to our relationships with some of the most powerful countries in the world. Earlier this year, the United States claimed that South African weapons had been loaded onto the Russian ship the Lady R. An investigation found that was not the case, although we have not yet seen the final report ourselves. Then we hosted the BRICS Summit, an event that saw several leaders praising President Cyril Ramaphosa as Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa agreed to expand BRICS to include Ethiopia, Egypt, Iran, Saudi Arabia, the UAE and Argentina. Then this last weekend, President Ramaphosa attended the G20 Group of Nations and spoke to leaders there. And in November, we're due to host the AGOA Summit, which will look at the relationship between the U.S. and countries from our continent. In other words, it will be another point of focus in our relationships between what you could call South Africa and the great powers. This shows how important our relationships are with Russia, the U.S., excuse me, with China, the U.S., and maybe Russia. Technically, we're non-aligned, but it appears that these countries may try to influence us in one way or another. So then, how are we managing the situation? How should we manage it in the future? First this, mo- this morning, Professor Evaristo Baniera is a professor of African politics at UNISA. Then you'll hear from Gustavo de Cavallo, a senior researcher on Russia-Africa ties at the African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the SA Institute of International Affairs. And Brooke Spector is an associate editor at Daily Maverick. We start then with Professor Evaristo Beniera. Professor Beniera, good morning and thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, Stephen, to the listeners, and thank you very much for having me. Let me summarize first the relationships between the bigger powers at the moment. Obviously, this is an oversimplification. But Russia has invaded Ukraine. The U.S. and the West oppose Russia, but don't want to go to war with Russia. China and the U.S. are in a rivalry over the future of the global economy. And we are a much smaller country where these countries are trying to assert themselves. Do we matter to these countries and to these rivalries. Does South Africa and by extension similar countries matter to these big countries? The answer, Stephen, is um, let me put it this way. If thieves, uh, uh, thieves do not steal in an empty house, if thieves perennially visit your house, it means that there is something that is valuable in your house which they are seeing there. Thieves perennially come from the west, from the east, and so on. It means there is something that you have which they like. So South Africa is not just South Africa to these global powers. It is many things, obviously, depending on their positionality. What we are witnessing is a seismic, is a seismic shift in global geopolitics. There are permanent fissures that are drifting with no sign of being fixed. There are permanent drifts to the west, to the east, and what we term the global south. And this is the bigger picture, which is framing all these meetings that we have spoken about, the BRICS+, Plus, the G20, the NATO+, Plus, the Quad, and everything. It is an attempt by the world system to restructure itself in the aftermath of a devastating war in Central Europe, a war that proved that sanctions do not essentially work on the on the American side, and a war that also proved that Russia is not that invincible. So we are witnessing a new world order, Stephen. Is China going to lead this new world order? I don't know. 
So we say we are non-aligned. Do you think the big p- countries, and for the purposes of this conversation, I do mean Russia, the U.S. I do mean China, the U.S. and Russia. Do you believe China, the U.S. and Russia believe that we are non-aligned? Let me let me bring in a bit of context, Stephen. South Africa's international relations are a product of the balance between three factors: history, domestic reality, and international dynamics. A common denominator which anchors these three is national interest and here lies our problem in south africa because we lack that national interest on which to anchor our uh, sorry our international relations we end up uh, appearing to be undecided look at the non-arrest of vladimir putin look at the dalai lama's visit and 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 this produces an asymmetrical relationship whether we are talking about trade about military about defense about everything this then presents not as non-alignment but as neutrality neutrality is problematic because by being neutral in a conflict situation you have technically sided with the weakest part or the uh, or the one that has been invaded non-alignment on the other hand implies that you are taking active steps to end the conflict is south africa taking active steps to some extent yes seeing by what the president has done with those uh, four, uh, three or four other african counterparts so Our non-aligned stance in South Africa has evolved since this uh, doctrine uh, um, started in 1955 in Badung. Are we active non-aligned? Should we be aligned? I think what we need, Stephen, is a clearly defined national interest that says whether it is political party A, B, C or D that comes in power, this is our national interest. Then that will guide how we engage with these global powers, not to do a case-by-case diplomacy and sort of finding the way of appeasing these great powers, Stephen. It seems that sometimes we may have to take a side. In other words, we have to do things we don't really want to do. Um, I'm going to make a, make a, a statement now, and you can tell me if, if, if I'm correct. It would seem to me that probably the most important country for South Africa is China. Would that be right, or do you think the U.S. is more important? As of now, Stephen, I think China is more important to South Africa than the United States. The the 30-year-old U.S.-led project of a rule-based international order is now floundering, if not if not facing its greatest challenge. And some argue that the fact that the U.S. Um, the the rule-based international order is failing is largely due to the United States on problems that has led to this unsustainability. On the other hand, we are seeing China that is presenting itself as an alternative to a problematic paradigm and not an alternative within a problematic Western-centric paradigm. President Xi Jinping recently launched what he called the New World Order. This vision is anchored on, on three pillars, global security, 
global development and global civilization. If you read the nuances, for example, Global Security Initiative, it is a new security architecture without alliance. If you read the second pillar, the Global Development Initiative, it is a new vehicle to fund economic growth. So what we are seeing here is a China that is identifying more with the Global South, giving the Global South what it appears to be lacking in its relationship with the Global West, which others have accused to bring lectures and and sanctions and punishment and weaponizing the United States dollar and doing everything else that they are telling others to do, but not themselves. Of course, I am generalizing here, Stephen. And Professor, very quickly, if you can, we're not the only country in this position, right? There are many other countries that are also forced to make decisions or find themselves uh, in the same position we're in. There are more countries that are finding themselves caught in between the West and the East. And a long time ago, Kwame Nkrumah warned us, as Africa, we must face neither East nor West, we must face forward. And what we are seeing happening in the Sahel region, where those military coups have now covered the Sahel region corner to corner, is a worrying development, not because it is demonstrating the absence of the democratic dividend, but because we appear to be jumping from fire into the frying pan, from the frying pan into fire. We need a very strong active citizenry, Stephen, so that we can begin to talk about how democracy in Africa can be bottom up and not this type of top down democracy that we are seeing failing all of Africa. Professor, thank you so much. Professor Evaristo Beniera is a professor of African politics at UNICEF. 17 minutes to nine, your mediated conversation uh, continues talking about the choices we make regarding the great powers. Gustavo de Cavallo is a senior researcher on Russia-Africa ties at the African Governance and Diplomacy Program at the SA Institute of International Affairs. Gustavo, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me. When you have these powers, so uh, China, the US and Russia, watching a country like South Africa with a policy of non-alignment, will they actively try to stop us being non-aligned? Will they try and kick us off the fence one way or another? I, I think it's a difficult question at this stage, especially when we're looking to so many movements within the global south at the moment. I think South Africa is one of the many countries that are facing similar challenges. We've seen, for instance, Brazil uh, recently and President Lula uh, talking very similar arguments to what we saw in South Africa this year about the potential arrest of Vladimir Putin if he goes to the G20 meeting in Brazil. So many of the issues that we have faced this year in terms of positioning ourselves in terms of the, our own ability of generating autonomy uh, are, are very much volatile at this stage. But I think the one thing that uh, for South Africa, what is particularly important is looking in terms of how it is able to better project South Africa's influence and power globally. And I think to a certain degree, uh, not unusual that a country of the size of South Africa, a country that is quite split in terms of political, ideological, economic, so, social and cultural issues when it comes to the West and the East, 
And I think to a certain degree, we've seen in the last couple of months some initial, but I think important developments from the South African side, uh, an increasing engagement with the Ukrainians, uh, uh, the confirmation of a go in November, the discussions around the European Union South Africa summit also at some point this year. So I think all of those are important for the country. And I think what Professor said is very important to reflect better in terms of not only what our national interests, I think Jerko has presented a number of documents in the last couple of years, many of them still fairly confusing for many. I think the challenge to a certain degree is to clarify how do we implement this non-alignment. And I think the issue that Professor mentioned that neutrality and non-alignment are different is very important because neutrality more than anything is a legal process. It's something that we used to see. Switzerland is not as neutral as it used to be, but we used to see a country like Switzerland playing that role. And it's definitely not what South Africa has been doing or even trying to do. So I think to a certain degree, it's important that the country navigates this very confusing space carefully. And I think the being careful within that is to be very careful which sides do you take. I think there is something that goes beyond just the war in Ukraine. I think the war in Ukraine, it is a very divisive subject. It is a very complicated subjects uh, in terms of the geopolitical uh, issues that are related to that. But I think is it South Africa realized in the last year and, enough, uh, year and a half that it cannot really shy away from positions when it comes to a conflict in Europe. And I think slowly and hopefully we will continue on that path that it showcases a more balanced approach than what we saw in 2022. Well, depends on how you look at it, doesn't it? Um, When the U.S. ambassador stood up and said that he would stake his life on the claim that South Africa was selling weapons to Russia, was that an attempt by the U.S. to create a debate in our society to put pressure on our government to get off the fence? I, I think to a certain degree, I think lo- looking into what pres- uh, 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 Ambassador Brigitte said a few months ago, it's hard to know the motivations. I think what it did create was a there was a number of implications on on on, on the press statement. I think the first one clearly putting uh, pushing the relationship bilaterally to a level of conversation had to happen between the parties but also with society i think it became it became very clear at that point that the issue about relations between south africa and russia in particular became domestic issues became discussed widely with the population and so on so i think uh, uh, to a certain degree created that discomfort between the two countries but the confirmation that agoa is indeed happening in south africa in november does show that uh, for whichever reasons I think around the lady are uh, 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 saga and the drama that was was around that, uh, there is still a possibility of the countries to to maintain its bilateral relations to strengthen not a the, the relations not necessarily on the issues where the countries differ and I think there is uh, different positions when it comes to global geopolitical issues but there is still a number of issues that bring the two countries together uh, the, the, the the countries have a very diversified and quite a strong uh, bilateral trade South Africa often uh, directly or indirectly serves as this gateway if not for Africa at least for Southern Africa and many of the Southern African countries and those are important for the, for, 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 for the Americans just 
just a complete breakdown in a relationship with a country like South Africa signifies much more than just what uh, individuals within South African individuals within the United States are saying. It has a much broader implication when it comes to the African continent, a continent that has seen a lot of attention from global powers in the last couple of years. And I think to a large degree, what these two countries need to do, there is, there is a very important need for a responsible conversation that is not just reactive to a number of the events that are important but are happening very fast and to a large degree that sustains uh, a, a degree of relations with Western countries that is still very important for us, whether we like them or not. And I think it goes beyond the, the issues about how the West deals with the world. It remains a relevant partner for South Africa and for many African countries. And I think it's important to continue with the path of ameliorating relations, of reducing tension and creating channels of conversation that are much more beneficial for both parties. I keep referring to these sort of great powers. Is it all about economics and perhaps less about mil- Military power. I suggested earlier that China was probably more important for us, and I base that entirely on its economy and our trading relationship with them. But the same for the US, its influence is economic, and would that also explain why Russia is maybe not so important for South Africa as the other two? Is it all about economics is the question? It's a mix between economics and 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 politics, and I think geopolitics uh, at large in this new period of globalization or deglobalization, like many are starting to call, has a lot to do with the honorability of specific countries, specific powers in terms of projecting influence, not entirely true military purpose. And I think the economics has a very important uh, point. We saw with the BRIC expansion how much this mix between geostrategic, geopolitical and economic assets within the Middle East and how much countries are looking into into that space in terms of generating political yields. I think for countries like South Africa, there is a mix between uh, the trade that we have with China, the trade that we have with India, the trade that we have with the European Union and the United States, but also to a large degree, how do we insert ourselves in a global political and economic system that actually makes the capability of South Africa to become influential much larger? And I think uh, some of the demands from African countries and including from South Africa in many of those discussions with whether it's Russia, whether it's the US, whether it's uh, within BRICS, that has to do about increasing the added value of products that are being uh, 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 developed in the African continent, in South Africa in particular, because we looking into the changes and the structural changes of the global economics, it's not surprising to me that there is so much look into whether we're talking about rare earth minerals, whether we're talking about exploration of lithium and other uh, minerals when it comes to this green transition that is being very much pushed by, by countries like South Africa, but also uh, a supply chain that is very close linked with China at, at this particular stage. So I think there is uh, all of these important components. I think it's very hard uh, at times to differentiate sure. what is the role of a country like Russia plays, uh, especially because li- unlike with China, where it's very present, it's very visible within the continent, we're looking into a Russia that plays a much smaller role within the continent. But nevertheless, a lot of those narratives, a lot of those uh, uh, uh 
approaches that Russia presents tends to resonate with ma with many of the leaders within the continent. Whether Russia is overstretching that or not, I think there is a separate discussion, and I think their own capability of showcasing themselves as a, a alternative to the West is very much questionable. And but nevertheless, it's still very important this frustration that many countries in the global South have with the West, and that's precisely what Russia is exploiting at the moment. Gustavo, thank you. We'll have to end it there. Gustavo de Cavallo, senior researcher on Russia, Africa ties at uh, the South African Institute of International. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continuing your mediated conversation around our relationship with the uh, more e with the greater powers. Brooks Spector is an associate editor at Daily Maverick. Brooks, uh, good morning to you. When a country like the US is trying to perhaps influence us one way or another, do they need to not push too far because we might find that China is a more comfortable friend? Well, good morning, Stephen. Good morning to your listeners. And I'm, I, 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 I think the that premise is probably flawed because let's look at just for a second, let's look at the trade relationship. Uh, China imports from South Africa, virtually all the imports are basic commodities uh, and unprocessed materials. There's no value added in that. And in turn, it exports uh, finished, mostly finished products, uh, value added products, uh, and has a serious trade surplus with South Africa. Turn the other way, look at the U.S., and a growing share of South African exports to the U.S. are value-added, uh, and they come in under the rubric of the African Growth and Opportunity Act, as you would know, uh, and it runs, in fact, the trade surplus with the U.S. Uh, the United States exports uh, materials of any number of different things to South Africa. The relationship is strong, in that regard, but also keep in mind that there are more than 600 U.S. corporations uh, and companies operating in South Africa. That's not government activity. That's individual companies deciding that it is in their interest. Now, you layer over top of that as well a whole range of uh, private and non-governmental and non-governmental related with the government activities, things like the PEPFAR program, uh, which funds a whole range of activities dealing with HIV and AIDS, as well as a, a whole slew of uh, non-governmental organizations and, and private philanthropic foundations and exchanges of all kinds of other uh, activities and people. And you have the texture of a multifaceted, deeply rooted relationship rather than one that is simply based on trade of raw commodities. So all of that's true. Uh, does that mean we should abandon non-alignment and pick a side? And I think the conversation around which side would be very divisive in our society. People have strong views one way or another. No, I don't think that's what I'm advocating at all. I, I'm thinking that you have to think in terms of, in particular circumstances, where does your interest as a country lie most prominently and importantly? Uh, for example, uh, with if we're, since we're obviously we're talking in some way, shape, or form uh, about the Ukrainian war, uh, the interest for South Africa lies with basic principles that it first enunciated back in 1994 uh, when uh, late President Mandela spoke about a highly principled moral uh, foreign policy that would have argued for, at the minimum, 
stating that it dis that it disagreed strenuously with the idea that Russia could invade a neighboring country. That's different than saying you have to simply throw your arms uh, around the United States and Western Europe with abandon and simply say you are ours forever and there's no other possible relationship. Uh, I, I think you have to pick and choose, but you have to pick and choose in terms of what your core national interests are rather than the ideas of the moment. Brooke Spector, I'm afraid we do have to leave it there. Sorry, we always squeezed a bit for time. I do apologize. Brooke Spector is an associate editor at Daily Maverick. My thanks also to Gustavo de Cavallo, senior researcher on Russia-Africa ties at the ASE Institute of International Affairs. And starting us off today, the